Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back, baby. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Fisher Tosopolis, DJ Nikki Snacks Kreider. I'm on my mic now. I think that does sound better. If I, if you guys, yeah, a little bit. Cool. Uh, DJ Nikki Snacks Kreider. We're back, gentlemen. Great news this past weekend. A lot of recruits, a lot of transfers coming in, a lot of potential coming in. Dwayne Aquina was thought to come on as the defensive analyst. The Arizona Wildcats have since replaced Jed Fish with the head coach, with the former head coach at San Jose State. Um, what is their team? What is their mascot? The Spartans? Is that what they are? The Trojans? They look like some kind of Greek medieval team. I almost said the San Jose State Sharks, which obviously is not the case. That is a simple hockey team. Um, but I forget their mascot. But the San Jose State coach think, is now going. I think it's the Spartans. I think it's the Spartans. The Spartans, right? They're going. Well, he's now going to be an Arizona Wildcat which throws a bit of a monkey wrench into, which is good because Johnny Nansen, our new co-defensive coordinator, is not going to be the head coach there. We get to keep him. But Dwayne Aquina, the man that many thought was behind DBU for the Texas Longhorns in the 2000s, he is considering going back to Arizona or staying at Arizona to become the defensive coordinator, which wouldn't be a death blow to our season. But I think he is one of those guys that when we're looking to add the right analyst piece, looking to add – uh, <laughs> looking to add guys back into the mix, um, and you know, and really build out a full coaching staff. I think he would have brought some nice veteran leadership, and he would have brought some really and and good hands-on stuff to work with our young DBs, which we were really excited for. So, fingers crossed that he's not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it'd be huge if uh, he ended up staying. I mean, someone that we really have been vying for for a long time i know q's a big fan and you know he's put that put out just such a big product of guys in the nfl that have transferred to the next league and and i think look we get big recruits all the time you get four star five star guys that come in the building but development's the biggest thing especially at the defensive back position right developing these guys to work on their technique to work on just like their football iq and making sure you know they're they're good in coverage and heading to the sec like you can't have enough of defense so um yeah. Would love to, you know, pull out all the stops if we're Texas to try to sway him to stay. But, you know, I, you can't turn down a, a DC position if it's offered to you. You know what I mean? Especially if you're heading to the Big 12 and a Power 5 conference. Like, it's a big, big honor. Already 100%. comfortable, too, in, in Arizona as sure. well. Obviously, not having to completely uproot and get, you know, potentially buy a new house or whatever you might have to do uh, on that side of things. No, I mean, it's, a, it's obviously a consideration sure. always for any of these coaches. But, there's very few analysts, co-DCs, whatever you want to call it, coaches out there where you can guarantee development. And he's yeah. one of those guys. And I think that's why, um, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting and, and watching very, very carefully to see how this all unfolds. And obviously we'd, we'd rather him end up in the burn orange. Um, yeah. but he was offered a full-time job and you know, you can't knock it if he ends up taking that. Um, but yeah, I, was- I mean, yeah, go ahead. I will say that I rather like if it came down to keeping Nansen or keeping Akina, I'd want to keep Nansen. I think the the younger, fresher blood, um, the one that you know 
was third in defensive scoring in the Pac-12 that led that defense. And honestly, like the Samoan roots too, like trying to get some of the Polynesian guys over to Texas. I think that's something that we joked about, um, you know, when we lost to Washington, like maybe we just need to recruit more, you know, Polynesian players because um, those guys transfer really well to the league. And, you know, we've seen a bevy of those guys become really good pros. Um, be a fun, you know, change in the culture to, to grab some of those guys and come over to Texas. Yeah. You know what also translates to wins? The Haka. So if we could get some of that into the building, like I don't know if Nansen's bringing that per se, but if he's got some Samoan roots and he brings that to the defense, Alfred Collins, not only will he get another year of development, but having the Haka under his belt. Learning the Haka. Yeah. That's going to be incredibly important, his development and potential of going pro. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think Nansen's, look, he, his resume for what he did last year at Arizona speaks to itself. And we say it time and time again, it was an extremely strong Pac-12. We saw it firsthand how good Washington is. And Nansen was a guy who who really, you know, helped get Arizona back to where we it, it could be. Unfortunately, Jed Fish is leaving for Washington, which again is a great job and a great upgrade for him. But he helped, you know, usher Arizona back into a new age of being a competitive football program. And Akina, we've all said it, we can't blame him if he goes and takes a job with a bigger no. title. It, it makes it makes complete sense. And will he ever be a head coach? I don't know. But being a defensive coordinator for a team that could win the Big 12 next year in a 12-team playoff, like you have to kind of ride that out. We haven't seen many Arizona players players enter the portal, ironically. Like we saw a mass exodus from Washington. We saw a mass exodus from Alabama. We haven't seen a mass exodus from the Arizona players who were really, you know, stepped up last year. So I think that's also something to keep an eye on. See if guys move and shake over there. Um, but we hope to keep Akina, not counting on it. Having Nansen in there is really good. And I also want to say on the Nansen point, like I think a lot of the conversations I have with some people in the Texas Longhorn community, people really feel like, yes, it's still PK's defense and Nansen is just like has that title for fun. And I don't necessarily know if that's the case because I think if that was the case, they would have just given him a position, you know, like he'd just be a linebacker coach or he would, you know, and he would replace Chope. But no, he's really going to be the co defensive coordinator. I think that was key in bringing him over from Arizona. Where that was his position. Like he's not going to downgrade from a good position. Like again, like we're talking about Akina going to that position. He's not going to downgrade from that position just to join the Longhorns when the Arizona Wildcats could have been really good. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I think it was something we talked about. As good as our defensive line was at stopping the run the entire season, uh, th this past season, I think there were times where we were curious as to different coverage packages that we would have liked to have seen out there, different blitz packages. And I think, you know, adding another mind in that mix as a co-DC will allow us to get more creative defensively and tap into all these different playmakers, defensive playmakers that we really, really do have. Um, we don't need to go through our defensive backfield, but there's a lot of talent there. And that's that's why the, the Akina conversation is such an important one. Um, and then, of course, you know, this is not lost on any Longhorn fan or ourselves. We're still waiting to see who we bring in as our D-line coach as well. And that obviously will change how, how we uh, approach blitzing and, and, you know, the quarterback getting after them, obviously stopping the run and in whatever scheme we want to run too. So, you know, that'll be a, an important piece um, on the defensive line front. I think it's worth mentioning at least that DeAndre Robinson, four-star, um, you know, he's, he's asking for his NIL release, his, his letter of intent away from the Longhorns. Presumably he was a guy that Bo Davis brought in and because Bo is no longer sure. with the horns, um, he's either going to go to LSU or, or elsewhere, who, whoever else was involved in his recruiting process. So that type of stuff happens, right? When you have great coaches underneath the head coach Sark um, and they get other opportunities, they go elsewhere. A lot of times those are the guys that are putting in 
you know, a heavy amount of the work in regards to recruiting. And, and that's just the type of thing that happens um, in, in, you know, the modern college football era. So, you know, you, you roll with the punches and you move on. Mm, absolutely. Um, speaking of rolling with the punches and moving on, recruiting never stops. We have some of the guys in the 25 class, 26 class visiting the ATX, the 40 acres uh, this weekend. Nick, you want to give us that list? Yeah, there's just a few right here. Uh, it's junior day this weekend. So nice. that means if they're in the 2025 class or 2026 class, they come and visit Texas. Sometimes it's going to be these guys' first visit. Um, so to, to round off the list, we've got DK Moore, who is currently an LSU commit. Um, he's a wide receiver. He's a five-star wide receiver. Five-star uh, linebacker Jonah Williams. Five-star offensive tackle uh, Michael Fasusi. Um, five-star linebacker Riley Pettijohn. Five-star 2026 athlete, uh, London Smith. Five-star 26 edge, Kevin Ford Jr. And then four-star cornerback, uh, Jabori Antoine. So a lot of big names um, heading in there. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's a crucial week to get them in there early and kind of establish a, a bond between them. Because as we've seen in years prior that, you know, when guys kind of gravitate towards a guy that is also committing kind of like, Colin Simmons and, and Anthony Hill, like these guys become friends, like on these recruiting visits. And so a lot of these uh, decisions get affected by that as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and some of the guys you listed, you know, were the Texas guys like DK Moore. He's the not only the top receiver and not only the top player in the state in some rankings, he's also a Texas guy. And we talk about it time and time again, like, you can't take for granted your own backyard. There are still competitive teams coming into your backyard that are not even in Texas. Like he's an LSU commit right now. So yep. a Duncanville guy like Colin Simmons, Alex January, who we've really been highlighting over the last month, going in and getting a guy like DK Moore and trying to get him to flip is huge. Um, you have guys like Fasusi, who's the offensive tackle. He's Louisville. That's big. Jonah Williams, you know, outside linebacker. Like we had Ohio State come in to Houston at North Shore High School to get Devin Sanchez. They got a corner from us. Like, and we have to treat all these Texas guys like they're our guys to lose, yeah, as it no should doubt. be. So I think it's yeah. it's an important weekend, and hopefully it's a fun weekend. Hopefully, who would you guys want showing you around from the team? Uh, Other than Bert Auburn for Utah. <laughs> I mean, I think my answer that replaces me answering Bert Auburn for everything is now just going to go to Ogbo every single time you ask me something. I'm just yeah, 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 I like Ogbo. <laughs> It's my guy, Agua. It's just a given. Yeah, I, I think I, I would. I would probably go. I would want like a good veteran presence. I think Anthony Hill though is is a valuable piece considering he's just one. You know, freshman All American. He's a top. He's a top rated recruit. He just had a lot of success playing as a freshman for the Texas Longhorns. So yes, you want some veteran pieces. So maybe an Alfred Collins, a guy who's been there for a while. Um, the Jay Barron, a guy who just stayed, you know, and, and and took on the sevens like we spoke yesterday, but also a guy like Anthony Hill, who's had some success as a, a lot of success as a freshman, as a five star player. Like he's a guy I would want in that mix too to help get these guys being like, look, like if you're good and you're ready to go, you're going to play right away, especially on defense. Like look how many freshmen played on defense, how many sophomores played on defense, you know, yeah. and even wide receivers, the best player plays and the best players and all these best players stay. So yeah, we, Jonte Cook in there for DK Moore is massive. I think that's a big piece to get in there. I was going to say Jonte Cook, and I was going to add in Jaden Blue. You know, both guys who were not, you know, one, two, or threes on the depth chart going into the season, but ended up, 
you know, seeing time and, and especially Jaden Blue, you know, was crucial in our success down the stretch. So both those, you know, any any skill position guys, they're young, you know, they're very vocal. They love the Longhorns. Like they seem like they know how to have a good time. Like I, those two guys, especially, I would uh, I would be looking to to be leaders for some of those potential newcomers who are uh, stepping onto the forty acres, juniors and seniors. I remember what it was like when I went to and visited Austin as a senior in high school, and I had. It was it was the bright lights in the big city. There was a lot going on, and it was a lot to take in. Uh, so I was uh, a, these guys have a good time. Josh decommitted from uh, Northwestern. I did decommit from Northwestern to go to Texas. I the, honestly the big and then ironically the biggest one of the biggest like low key sway points for me was the tour of the stadium, seeing how massive and big and epic. And this is before it even got redone. Like it is now like the how big and epic the stadium was because we were on like a tour with like I, it was like theater and science students i was with my i was with my dad and me and my dad are like whoa this is awesome and no one else cared about the stadium if you're like oh this is cool like and then like they, we just got to the theater building and we're like getting the, going through the theater building and me and my dad are like the stadium was sick did you see the feel like and it, you know do you see the field you see how many seats it was and you know, I think it's such a obviously a lot of SEC schools have that, but I, I think you know DKR, the city of Austin, is a really special place. Um, speaking of special, I would say maybe the greatest sports video game of all time is set to return this summer, and that's NCAA EA Sports. It's in the game. It's back, better than ever. Hopefully, how do you think our team is gameplay versus like real life? Are we a better real life football team or are we going to be a better hmm. gameplay football team in the video game? Uh, no, I think it'll be comparable. Okay. You know, I think it's, it's like when you play one of these EA sports games, like they, they fairly rate the good teams. Like, you know, the superstar talent always has, you know, the higher rating. I'm sure Quinn will be one of the highest rated players in the game, you know, at the quarterback position, at least I'm sure people want to play with him because you know, he can, he can move and he can, uh, you know, use his arm pretty well. So, and then of course I think Baxter is going to be highly rated, you know, a guy that uh, a lot of people are high on and he'll be fun to play with. Um, I think in those games though, like the best game mode is like the dynasty building mode, right? Where like, you're not even playing against other people. You're trying to build a dynasty from like a tiny school. That's like not a power five and like just bringing them from the ashes to a national championship powerhouse yeah absolutely i mean like i think there was like a, a challenge like on xbox it was like bring the i don't know if it was old dominion or ball state like mm. bring them to a national championship level program <laughs> that reminds me remember when in quarantine when we, our two houses had a competition like simming franchise mode in 2k to see if you could get the detroit pistons to 70 wins which honestly, even like good foresight by us, because that was three years ago and look where they are now. Um, but I remember playing that video game in my dorm room freshman year of college with Denar Robinson on the cover and like just making, awesome. making all the recruits like from Texas. It was easier for us to go and get names. The, yeah, like to go go to go and get them. Um, but it, it's such a fun game, man. And it's I'm, I'm excited that we're actually going to get to see the players, not like Tim Tebow, number 15. But like his name is like Mike Wazowski. I'm like, you know yeah. who it is, but it's like not, it doesn't say his name. Yeah, that, was, you, that was lame. It was lame. And you could also bring, I don't know if you guys ever did this, but if you play Madden and and NCAA sports, yeah, bring the draft class, over. bring the draft class over. I always thought that was yeah. pretty fun to try to try to get them in both. Yeah. I mean, there was people who like spent a lot of time and energy on updating the rosters where they got every single like player's name correct. And then you can download their roster. Um, and they would probably adjust the ratings too. 
Um, and then you would import that draft class into Madden. And yeah, I mean, those are those are for the the OG diehards. But yeah, it's gonna be fun. I, I'm excited to see, you know, how how much time um, it's gonna be taken away from our our daily lives. Um, I'm sure, it's gonna be a, a big pinnacle in our friend group. Um, I want to quickly talk about some of the uh, transfer portal guys because like, this is like never ending. There's always news coming up um, in the transfer portal. We made a big splash the other day with Isaiah Bond. He's going to wear number seven. So pretty cool. 007 Bond. Very fit. It should just let him rock both. I know. Like, like 007. It should just let him do it. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, but nonetheless, we are still in the mix for uh, another wide receiver who also plays a slot, Silas Bolden from Oregon State. Mm. And not only did he visit Texas, apparently Texas is the front runner to land him now. So that'll add another transfer wide receiver into the mix to already go with Matthew Golden, Isaiah Bond. And then, of course, we brought in Ryan Wingo. We have Jonte Cook. We have Ryan Niblett. We've got DeAndre Moore. Um, I'm sure there's, there's others that I'm missing as well. But it's a very deep wide receiving room. So it does give me a little bit of anxiety just, you know, with how transfers go and, you know, guys want more playing time. But then the day we say this all the time, best guy plays. And if he makes the the world of a difference, then, you know, it's going to make our offense that much more dynamic. And Silas Bolden is one fast receiver. So it'd be huge. <laughs> and then of course the tight end position is one that we've been, uh, you know, ailing at since we've lost Jatavian Sanders and you know we've been talking about uh Nye Black from from Bama but another guy just got thrown in the mix Stanford's tight end Ben Yurisek who has a career 108 receptions and 1300 yards um so he's one of the more talented productive tight ends in the portal it'll be a grad transfer um so he'll be a one and done type guy but you know it, it could be a really good uh you know buffer until we, you know, get our guy from the 2025 class that's supposed to come in from Georgia. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're, recruiting game never ends, and we're going to be talking about this kind of stuff. I feel like until you know March or April. Yeah, and you'll yeah. still see some decisions. Like we don't know what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh. Like if Jim Harbaugh leaves, like we could see some exodus at yeah, Michigan too. Sure. Like and like again, we brought up Arizona, and you know, it does. I guess it gives me anxiety about the receivers. But in some ways, not really like because you said it, the best player plays. And if they're producing, like who cares? All I care about is winning football games at the end of the day. So if Isaiah Bond and Matthew Golden and the Oregon State kid, if he comes and we bring him in, Matt eats into DeAndre Moore's playing time. And he's a really talented kid, but he has to transfer because he's not getting his touches like sucks. But like, hey, man, like best player played and we won games like I can't complain here. You know, and that's how it's going to be in this day and age. And you just got to be able to get you have to be able to hit home runs and the really great guys like the Wingos and the Cooks, the two guys that we really think can be super special that are underclassmen and make sure that Jonte Cook is a developing and b getting touches. If we do bring in this wide receiver, room. it's also like, like, let's see how Sark does. Like, can he change it up? Can he yeah. adjust to our personnel? Like we don't have Sanders. We don't have a clear cut one, two guy like worthy and Mitchell, but maybe we have a bunch of guys who are really eager to get into the mix and worthwhile to see some playing time. And we could do it. Like we've discussed running backs in the past, like fresh legs, like rotate like five or six guys into the mix. And maybe, you know, we don't have like a 1400 yard receiver. Like some of these are like, like Malik neighbors, but we have like a bunch of guys with 600 yards, 500 yards, 700 yards. And that's okay with me too. Again, as long as we're winning football games and that Stanford tight end, a, that's the most Stanford name I've ever heard in my entire life. Ben, you're sick. 
B, he sounds like just like a super, he sounds like a Tosopolis, like lunch pill, you know, type guy right there. Well, it's it's round so sack, round it's, sack of work. <laughs> it's surprising that he wanted to uh, finish up, graduated Stanford, and then yeah, take exactly. his talents elsewhere to another <laughs> Classic university. Classic dude. Uh, mm. No, the interesting thing about Pretty Bolden, mid. I think, is Bolden's, <laughs> Bolden's 5'8". You know, he's a small guy, but like Nick said, he's very, very fast. He returned kicks and punts last yeah. year for the Beavers. So you don't know that none of us know the conversations that Sark or any of the rest of the coaching staff is having with him. He might've been approached to be like, Hey, you're going to be our trend and holiday. Like what he was for LSU way, way, way back when you're going to be our, our gadget guy. Like Keelan was, you're going to, you're going to return kicks. You're going to return punts. You're going to take him to the house every single time. You're going to be a threat. And that's, what's going to make you stand out when the NFL is looking to draft guys. It might not be because you know, every guy has a different skill set. Right. And not every wide receiver in college football that's good can become a wide receiver in the NFL. There's only, there's a finite amount of teams, but yeah. guys can make an impact on special teams as a return man. We've seen it, right? Devin Hester obviously was a good corner, but what is he most known for? He's known for, for taking, you know, punts and kicks to the house. So we don't know those conversations. And I think Bolden, like, presumably of all the guys that we've brought in, despite the fact that all of them are fast, he's a guy that's already been back there, returned kicks and punts. And I love that. Yeah, it's a good point too. I mean, a lot of guys look at their current situation and they say, okay, what place is going to give me the best opportunity to make me a pro next year? Because right. really got one more crack at it. And if Texas's pitch is look, look, we're gonna we're gonna basically exploit all of your talents, you know, not just in the receiving game, but making you dynamic and making teams not want to, you know, miss you in the return game and just like using you as a gadget player then he's probably that's probably music to his ears and Sark usually yeah. unlocks the most out of his guys when it comes to athletic ability i mean we've seen what he's been able to do over the course of his career so yeah i i see exactly why we're the front runner um but you know i, I just you know i do want to take a step back and say it's a, it's a crowded receiving room so i want to make sure that those young guys yeah, we are okay I don't, we had I don't the same reservations, wrong. I think, about Evan Stewart, right? Like when we first heard the right. news about him, it was like, okay, it's another guy in the locker room. Of course, there were also ego things and concerns that I feel like are a little different with Bolden. Sure, sure, sure. Let him go um, to a weird Eugene. And I, I shrugged at <laughs> well, the Evan Hester thing when you said he was a DB because I was like, Jesus, dude, that guy was such a sick athlete. Like I thought he was a – because he was a DB. Then he, he was, was listed as wide receiver too. And he, too, and he like, was, <laughs> and he played receiver as well. Yeah, he did everything. And <laughs> No, not to mention Bolden. Like what if his tape as a gunner on the outside on our punt team ends up being what what gets him you know picked up by an NFL roster? You never Schooler, know. Schoolers on the Patriots. Like he's made a career yeah. off of it. Um, you did mention Eugene. I wanted to throw out there. We, we had talked, I think maybe, maybe last week when Jabbar Muhammad had entered his name into the portal. Um, I think he's down to three choices, Oregon, Texas, and Alabama. So we're still in the mix there, which obviously that guy's a really talented DB and he's got a cousin on the team. Who's also very, very talented. Um, we, I think it's a little bit different with defensive backfield depth where it's like, I don't care. I want all of them. Yeah. Um, and we just want to run as many guys as possible out there because that is a tough position to play. And if you have guys that are at hundred percent energy, every single snap, we're all the better for it on the defensive side. So that'll be one to kind of keep our eye on. Um, a lot of good competition there. Some, some account called go ducks said yeah. that his comment about Oregon was Oregon's building something really special. So maybe <laughs> they are, maybe they aren't, but so are we. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I love, I love random accounts. Like in what their quotes are from these, these guys that are yeah. just not their quotes. Yeah, I think it's a good go neck. There's, I mean, there's, there's a reason for all three of those schools for him to go there. I mean, yeah. 
the the glaring one is that you know he's following his head coach DeBoer over right. to Bama, and that makes the most sense. Right. Texas being playing with his cousin, you know, and of course we probably have a, a good pitch to let him start right away and be our premier cornerback. And then Oregon, you know, they're building something special. So, yeah, <laughs> no, he doesn't have to leave the Northwest. And right. Lanning's a great defensive mind. Um, I like P- our shot. They're there. from Texas. The PA. Yeah. I like our I like our shot there, and you know, it would mean it would be interesting to see if DeBoer can you know wrangle him in and have him come with him. But you know, the Muhammad's on the on the outside, like we would have some really fun potential promos to cut. Um, of course, with for this upcoming year, which we spoke about it with Golden and Bond. All right, gents, we will see you guys for tomorrow's show. Won't be a live one, but it'll be a fun one. I think it's something that the people will very much enjoy. And don't That's forget something- to uh, watch Horn Hoops tonight against the U.S. UCF Golden Knights. I forget all these new teams that have joined the Big 12, and it's only for one year. But uh, hopefully, we get a win at home at the Moody Damn. Center and get back. Couldn't on even track. talk. Couldn't even talk about the West Virginia game. It was so pitiful. I just forget about it. Well, hopefully, uh, this we'll, is a game that we can talk about. Hopefully, it's a game we can talk about. Fisher DeSalvo, the DJ himself, Snacks Man Kreider. We'll see you guys next time. Hook him. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.